Understanding Hispanics in Philanthropy. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by Hilda Vega. Hilda is a vice president with the organization Hispanics in Philanthropy, and they've commissioned a new study about charitable giving from our neighbors who are identifying as Hispanic or Latinx. And Hilda, thanks so much for being with us on the Fundraising School's podcast. Hi, Bill. Thank you for having me. Now, I've had opportunities to intersect with your organization from time to time, but for uh, people in our audience perhaps not aware of Hispanics in Philanthropy, please tell us about your organization. Of course. Hispanics in Philanthropy has been around for 40 years. This year was our 40th anniversary. We are a philanthropy-serving organization, and we are dedicated to leveraging philanthropic resources to mobilize and amplify the power of our Latina and Latinx communities across the Americas. And you commissioned this study through our school, the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And the title of the study, Latinx Philanthropy, Understanding Generosity Trends Across Latinx Communities in the United States. Before we highlight some of the findings, why did you pursue this information? Why conduct this study? We in our work frequently receive questions seeking data about our communities, about our role as philanthropists, and also about the different challenges and opportunities that we see in our communities. And we have a long history of working with um, with the Lilly Family School and producing data, but we hadn't done a report in, I think, maybe 10 years, perhaps a little bit more. And so we really felt that it was time to update the information that people had about Latinos as donors, and also just continue to build a body of knowledge of how our communities are growing and evolving to be able to continue to contribute to how philanthropy sees itself and how it understands diversity. Uh, and Hilda's comment there touches on something so important. We're talking not just about now, but prepare for what is happening wonderfully as our country becomes more diverse with more Latina and Latino neighbors in our country here in the United States and what that's going to mean, not just today, but in the future for fundraising. And Hilda, before I ask you about that, what were some of the findings that jumped out for you in this most recent study? Right. I think that it was such a great blend of data, but also stories. We had worked with the school on a few focus groups, in addition to really relying on the data that is generated for the Bank of America high net worth individual study, the panel study, and other long-term data that the university collects. And so that blend, I think, was what was most fascinating to me, that we can look at long-term trends about how Latinos think about giving, and then also see that it really isn't very different from the trends that are happening across the U.S. in terms of giving. There are the positives of where we connect to family and values and are very invested in our communities, as well as some of the challenges that we have seen, especially in the past few years of the decline in trust in institutions and the concern about how we relate to philanthropy and the changes in the economy, especially since the pandemic. So what I found incredibly powerful was that we can track against the rest of U.S. society so that we aren't seen as an other, but rather very much a part of the fabric of society. But then when we think about some of the information that came up in the focus groups, that's where we can start to see the richness of where a community thinks in a particular way about philanthropy. 
Hilda, I greatly appreciate your answer. When we see studies like this, it's so natural for folks to say, well, what's different? What's, you know, what's distinct? And that's important. And this study raises this uh, in some very interesting ways. But also, what's similar? What's the same as we're all people looking to donate uh, to the things that we care about? And one of the top findings is, is that our Latinx donors commonly give based on their values, their interests, their organizational connections and identities. Well, guess what? That's true for just about every donor. Absolutely. And even though we are a shifting and changing community or set of communities, really, because we come from so many places across the region, the things that really bind us together are being very grounded in family and family needs. And so that's why, for example, this is noted in the report, but really merits further study, is that there is such a reliance on peer-to-peer giving individual direct giving, mutual aid, and also remittances, which I think really merits a separate conversation about the role of remittances and generosity, because in some cases, um, Latino giving back to their home countries maintains entire communities and in other regions as well. This is a global conversation, right? You know, in places like India, remittances uplift entire regions or states. So, I think this is part of a growing conversation of the different ways that we need to think about generosity and think about philanthropy as not just a transaction where you get your, um, your, you know, your tax benefit, but rather all of the different ways that you use your money and your talents and, and your considerations to create a deeper sense of community and to bring everyone along so that, especially for many of us who have benefited from educational privilege or being able to access certain um, financial opportunities, we want to bring other people into that space and benefit with us. So these are all of the different ways that we can make that happen. A wonderful point, Hilda. Thank you for bringing that uh, to our attention, this idea of remittances with money being sent back to the nation of origin, the family's nation of origin. They may or may not be first generation, maybe second or third generation still sending uh, money to the nation of origin, family members who are still in that country, in that region. Some of the other distinctions, um, Hispanic donors more likely to engage in informal giving and more likely to involve their family in charitable giving decisions. You're a leader within Hispanics in philanthropy. What was your reaction when you saw those findings? Absolutely true. And perhaps because I have the job that I have, my family across the U.S. and Mexico frequently come to me and say, how do I respond to what's happening? You know, my family members in Mexico want to support people in in the Ukraine. And they come and they ask me, how do I do that? And so this is because of that layer of trust that we have. And I think it also gets reflected broadly in the ways that we decide to support community organizations that we know and we see every day, our churches and our different areas of faith, because these are the things that we see and we know and we experience. And so that layer of being able to connect and support in a way where we know who we're working with and we can see some of the impacts of our generosity is incredibly important. And again, not different from how other people want to see their generosity as well. People really anchor their giving in trust and more and more people want to have a very deep relationship and a long-term relationship with organizations in the community or globally where they want to see how change happens and feel like they're a little part of it. Some of the causes where Hispanic charitable donations are going, religious congregations, food, shelter, basic necessities, healthcare, medical research, also 
education. And Hilda, one of the interesting findings, some of the texture in this report, is that there can be some differences based on how long I've resided here in the United States, which generation perhaps I am in my family that is here in the U.S. Can you help us understand that, please? Absolutely. The data shows that the longer folks have been in the U.S. or especially folks who have been born in the U.S., um, the greater capacity they have or the more decision-making power they have to be generous. Um, I do believe that this merits deeper analysis, but some of the early uh, reflection and some of the anecdotal information is that this really has to do with economic capacity. The longer folks are here in the U.S., the better they're able to build wealth. And then by that turn, continue to create and support the ability for others to have opportunities. So it's more of a challenge, let's say, when folks are recently arrived, they're establishing themselves, they're settling themselves in, but then over time, they're able to save more, give more, and invest more. That is very helpful analysis as we understand a donor, understand the donor's story. Uh, when we think about our neighbors who identify as Hispanic, as Latinx, uh, knowing, you know, just uh, their time in the United States, which generation, what levels of trust have they developed over time uh, are so important to understand the possibilities for charitable giving. Hilda, I want to conclude with, with two questions here, and it's about crossing lines of distinction, right? Um, so first of all, as you know, about 75% of fundraisers right now are Caucasian, and we're bringing to light uh, the important uh, similarities and distinctions of charitable giving amongst our neighbors who are Hispanic. And of course, everybody knows the demographic trend that in 20 to 30 years, the United States, and I personally don't like this term majority minority, but it's the one that the U.S. Yeah. Census Bureau uses, um, that, you know, the United States will be a majority minority uh, nation with uh, Hispanics in the plurality. And of course, we have, I think, seven states. Now you think about California and New Mexico and Texas and Florida uh, and states like that where this is already uh, the case. What advice do you have for fundraisers? Somebody who's middle class, somebody who's Caucasian, and they say, yes, I want to diversify my donor database. Help me understand how I can properly reach across those lines of distinction and make sure that I'm including Hispanics in my fundraising efforts. And I think the key point that you're teasing out here is how to include Latinos, because a frequent conversation over the past few years is the data that's bubbling up that Latinos simply aren't asked to give. I think that uh, on the one side, we have maybe a narrative about Latinos and the relationship to philanthropy, which is as recipients or beneficiaries as opposed to philanthropists themselves. And so we need to look at some of the data like this research, but a lot of other work that's being done in the field right now to really think about Latinos and understand that they are also in a position of giving, even if maybe they are not all high net worth donors, although of course we have many high net worth individuals and their capacity is amazing. Um, and so there's the, the narrative piece on the one side and simply asking people to give. And then there's the other side of this, which I think is true for anyone in a fundraising position. And I was a fundraiser for many years. You have to be curious and get to know who your donors are. And you have to genuinely want to build a relationship with them. We all have our goals for fundraising. And we also have our strategies for how we do research. We get to know people. We get to know a little bit about their life, their interests, where their money goes, but also the things that they're passionate about. And when we have the, the luck to be able to speak with them, meet with them in person, then we really get to know who they are and what they care about. And so I think it's that same level 
of curiosity and of having the goal of a long-term relationship, not just a little bit of money in the door. The more that we are able to have those sorts of engagements with people, then I think the more genuine our interactions are and, and the better ability we have for donors to see themselves in the work that we're asking them to contribute to. Hilda, thank you for enlightening us. That is so well said. And, you know, we get this question all the time at the fundraising school. You know, how, how do I find new donors? How do I find new donors? Inclusiveness is just the morally right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it has the practical benefit of helping us yeah. meet new donors. And another way to start, we teach the fundraising school board members. Is your board diverse? Uh, a diverse board can help you reach into a diverse group right. of donors. How about the fundraising profession? What steps can we be taking? We just absolutely love to have a diverse audience at the fundraising school and in our academic programs at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. I know this is something that Hispanics and Philanthropy focuses on as well. What advice do you have for nonprofit organizations to help us make sure that uh, the fundraising profession is becoming more diverse? Absolutely. And I think you touched on it a little bit as well. Does the organization look like me is a question that a lot of people who are in the field ask themselves. And there are many Latina in the fundraising profession. Uh, and there's no reason for there to only be a grouping with organizations that have a certain mission. I mean, obviously, we all want to identify and believe in the mission, but we want to, we also want to see ourselves in the organization. We want to believe and be committed and understand that this is a space where we all have a shared vision for our communities and for our societies. So I think the more that we can be inclusive in very tactical ways of how the organization looks, how how your media looks, um, how your website looks, the ways that you engage with people, uh, do you make a concerted effort to maybe produce some of your materials or your conversations in multiple languages. I think these are all pieces that help others who are looking for a job, especially in a fundraising space, feel like they can create a little bit of a home within the office. Hilda, that is such useful and actionable advice for nonprofit organizations. Thank you so much for being with us. Hilda Vega is Vice President of Hispanics in Philanthropy. Hilda, where can we continue to learn more from your organization? What's the good website? We would love for everyone to come and visit our website. It's hipfunds.org, H-I-P-F-U-N-D-S dot O-R-G. And it is available in English and Spanish. Oh, we see what you did there. Hip funds <laughs> for Hispanics and philanthropy. And the study commission is Latinx Philanthropy, Understanding Generosity Trends across Latinx communities in the U.S., available on our school's website for free at philanthropy.iupui.edu. Go across the top toolbar, go to research, you'll see the report there, go a little farther to news and events, and you'll see a summary in the press release. Now, on that same website, you'll see the fundraising school, and that's where you'll find our 24 public courses being offered in person in eight U.S. cities and, of course, anywhere around the world online, uh, both virtually and asynchronous, meaning recorded. We can customize our curriculum and bring those courses directly to your nonprofit, your association, your region. We have quarterly webinars, these free podcasts, and, of course, our textbook, Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition. All of it available on our website, philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Our producers today are Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm-hmm.